I'm Jason Ariola. And I'm Dominic Chavis, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. back with Matt and Kaido's Eternal Wings and the Lost Ocean. Hopefully that last episode got you into this one a little bit because like I said, this is one of my favorites and it's got a special place in my heart for bringing me back into video game music. I said I never really... Let me rephrase that. I did get into it. Uh, you know, I like I said, I wore the hell out of The Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 soundtrack back in the day, but that was by and large like really the only video game soundtrack I can really think that I owned and got into, but this... I got this, uh, the demo CD and the Toys R Us thing that I got this game from, and I just kind of fell in love with the soundtrack, and it really kind of rekindled my interest in listening to video game music on its own. <laughs> yeah, you know, th- this OST is great, man. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm glad you uh, you showed this to me. And I'm glad we got into Matoy Sakuraba, because, man, like I said, there is a <laughs> gigantic breadth of work we can follow upon for this, because, who. Boy, I mean, he is, uh, let's say, a nice way of putting it is prolific in the amount of work the man does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a whole world to uncover, man. Pretty pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go ahead and get the uh, second disc of this soundtrack going here. So the first track we're going to be listening to is Deadbeat, and we're going to follow that up with the Disorder. So listen to those and be right back.
Alright, first up was Deadbeat. And I think starting off this one kind of gives us a good sense of the new tone for a lot of the stuff we're going to hear in the second disc. There's a lot of ominous sounds thrown in, choral work coming in, a bell tolling, the bass drum keeping the rhythm, and a strong string section throughout all come together really well to give you a feeling that things aren't going to go so well in this part of the soundtrack. <laughs> About a minute and three in, there's what I believe is a sitar, but it could be any manner of guitar being used with, and I'm throwing something new I learned out with this one, a raga scale. It adds a cool flavor to the track to break it up, just to keep it interesting. Now, I'm pretty sure it's just a sitar, but I did learn that like a regular acoustic guitar is capable of replicating the sound if it like uses that scale, which is really kind of hmm. weird. Because I thought a sitar was like very unique in the way it sounds, but you know, I guess it's, I guess you're able to emulate it. You can definitely, I don't want to say definitely. If you know what you're listening for, you're gonna probably know that's not a sitar and that's just something another good type of guitar replicating the sound, but I thought it was kind of neat that it's even capable of doing anything remotely similar to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, in this day and age, man, uh, we have the electric acoustic guitar, which you can hook up pedals to and, and just modulation pedals and everything and really transform the way it sounds. Oh. So it makes a lot of sense playing a scale on the acoustic and, uh, especially if you have the right setup. Yeah. I'm, I don't see why you couldn't emulate the sound. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was watching a couple, like, I didn't see much of the setup outside of, like, they had a acoustic guitar, like, on their lap, but, like, I saw some people actually kind of replicating the sound, and I was, like, on YouTube, and I was like, oh, that's, hmm. that's interesting, wow. Sweet, something new. Well, now this is some serious stuff, man. Uh, the intro is in incredibly powerful and somewhat intimidating. The, the track unfolds beautifully and never seems to let up, and there's some interesting elements that have been added toward the midsection that don't exactly change the track in the way of sound, but really affects the overall feel of things. Like you said, Jason, a new element has been added, allowing the composer to break things up enough to keep things interesting. It's a solid piece of work and, and a very precise one as well. This is one that I feel it really sets a good tone for the rest of the album. There's a lot of stuff we're going to be hearing in the album that sounds pretty similar to the first disc that we listened to, but there's some really unique sounds in the second part that really only come into play in the second part. And I think it's as, as the game starts to get a little bit more, let's say things start going a little bit poorly towards uh, the midsection or like two thirds of the way through the game. I think this soundtrack and this track in particular really kind of gives that sense of, Hey, shit's not going to go well in the second part of this thing. So <laughs> just be prepared for that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. I barely knew what to say. So don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to Disorder. Um, that drum that kicks things off and brings in the rest of the orchestra is a fantastic choice. It starts to sound like it's going to build up to something explosive about 35 seconds in, leaving you like on the edge waiting for it, but instead it pulls back about 20 seconds later, quieting down the rest of the orchestra and leaving the strings to really come to the forefront. And then in a minute 10, it doesn't give you quite that explosion you were thinking was going to happen, but it definitely leads into something that gives off a sense of like, triumph a glimmer of hope and hopelessness of sorts if i can be so cheesy in that sort of description you know what i mean it's like i sometimes you know i don't know like i put feelings into music that maybe aren't there but that's just kind of the vibe i got off of it but either way i really like this one it's something i feel that shows off just how good sakuraba is at setting a mood mm -hmm. well it should be obvious that this track focuses heavily on the string section and i think that sakuraba is really flexing and showing how well contained his comp compositions can be it's apparent that he knows what'll make a track and break it although it isn't the most complicated and uh, mind-boggling track i hear the complexity behind it every single instrument has been masterfully connected to one another and i'm 
glad he pulled back a bit here. Yeah, overall, this was a really cool one. I just sometimes that thing of pulling back instead of just having that ex, um, that usual Sakuraba bombast of just exploding in your face, especially when it sounds like he's leading up to it, pulling back and just having that little bit of a, a little bit of self restraint is a nice feeling. Yeah, uh, I see it as a containment. <laughs> there you go. And I don't know. These two discs have just like really shown off, I think, what Sakuraba can do. And like I said, if you're more familiar with his Tales of Work and the Star Ocean stuff, it's all similar to this, but there's a lot of different range that you get out of the Baton Kaido soundtrack that you don't quite get out of anything else that he's done. Everything else is very, I don't want to say it's linear because it's the wrong word for it, but it all sounds very similar to each other, and it all sounds like, oh, this goes together. When you listen to Baton Kaidos, it's just sort of like, it's just a multitude of different sounds and different types of music, and it's really cool to listen to. Yeah, it's, it seems to be everywhere, but it it's really not. You know, there's just a variety. There you go. Yeah, he's just showing off that he's capable of doing more than just, uh, you know, like prog rock JRPG stuff, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's, let's go ahead and move on before we start, uh, you know, getting too far on just breaking down the disc in its entirety. I mean, we might as well do that at the end rather than, oh, I don't know, the first segment of the damn thing. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, uh, the next two tracks we're going to be listening to are, okay, here, uh, this is another one where my, uh, my translation slash whatever of this that I originally got was House of Cards, and the YouTube playlist has it as Castle in the Sand. And the second track is going to be Start on a Voyage. So that's House of Cards slash Castle in the Sand. Castle in the Sand, probably more accurate. And Start on a Voyage. So listen to those and be right back.
All right, first up was Castle in the Sand. I'm just going to go ahead and go with that one because I'm sure mine's wrong. So, <laughs> uh, This is one you actually wanted to bring up here, and I guess it was kind of one I passed up just because uh, this is another album, or this is another episode that I think is might be running a little bit longer, so it was just one I was like, ah, maybe I'll cut this, but listening back to it, I'm kind of glad you brought it back up because this one's got, I don't know, it's got a lot of like cool sounds to it. It's got a strange feel, more of a mysterious feel comparatively to anything else we've listened to on the rest of the soundtrack and it's going back to using that sitar and the rock or the raga scale and it evokes a lot of cool imagery in my head and when i'm listening to it the percussion's got a great feel to it as well it really really helps emphasize the mysterious feeling this track gives off as a whole mm-hmm. and you know i'm going to be honest with you i i don't really have too much to say about this track i just wanted to bring it up it's it's really just a good listen yeah in all honesty but man i I really don't know what it is about this track, man, but I, I really like it. I love how laid back it is. This one, this is one of those tracks that takes me to a certain place in my head, a, an undescribable place, sort of brings back memories, hearing it for no apparent reason at all. Just a good track to zone out on. Yeah, I was going to say, pretty hard to bring back memories uh, of a game you haven't played. <laughs> so Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it takes me to a weird place in my head, and it's the memories aren't exactly connected to any video game at all. Oh, I got you. I got you. Weird thoughts. <laughs> no, nope, I completely understand what you mean, man. And that's another strength of Matoy Sakuraba is just being very evocative with his music. I never made it anywhere near this part of the game, but I've gotten a lot of imagery and stuff in my head from this and having like some familiarity with the game and knowing what happens further down the road in the game, it does sort of put, oh, okay, I get what he was going for with this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just a good track, man. I, I dig it. Yeah. One of my favorite. <laughs> For sure, man. And like I said, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say with it either. And it, this is one of those ones that you and I have talked about before where we might not have a lot to say about it, but that doesn't mean it's not worth listening to and pointing out. And that's exactly what I feel this one was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to something I have a little bit more to say on, and that is start on a voyage. Uh, here we are. We're back with the Sakuraba Bombast. The strong horns and string section leading the way with that bass drum really doing a good job keeping it all together without really smacking you in the face. Yes, take a shot. Oh, man. Once again. <laughs> that it's there. Yep, I know. I know. I got to throw it in there, man. People, yeah. you know, the, the audience demands it. Or maybe, I don't know if they do. They really haven't said anything either way, but I feel like it's sort of part of my <laughs> repertoire of conversation now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, all right. The breakdown that happens about a minute in is really great, and I don't really know how to put it into words exactly which is wonderful wonderful that i'm trying to explain it on a podcast you know a uh, audio medium <laughs> <laughs> i can't really put it into words exactly why i like it so much but i think having moments of pulling back only to explode back out into something that is always something that keeps me interested in a track he does it again at a minute 30 in with not quite as long and not as subtle of a mellow part that leads back in with an explosion back into the powerful stuff and man oh man i dig the shit out of that stuff <laughs> yeah you know i'm really enjoying the wind section in this track uh, very strong and prominent they work so well with the percussions the track itself is an interesting one and i think the transitions are very smooth and ultimately make this track what it is without them this track might not have enough to grab an audience but you know obviously they're there which is great the track keeps a steady pace until the end and it never really seems to lose its touch and I guess that's why I'm liking this one so much. It just, it's constantly going. It's constantly moving. It's almost like it's trying to start you out on a voyage of sorts. Exactly. <laughs> it's all it in the title. Sense. It's all in the title, baby. It's all in the title. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> 
kind of feel like this is another one of those Sakuraba tracks that you sort of have to be into his music and maybe a little bit more of his bombastic stuff to really get into this one. This isn't this isn't an entrance point to his music. I feel like this is something you get into a little bit further, maybe like middle of the way down the road if you kind of gotten into his stuff because this there's nothing like easy to listen to about this thing this is you're already into this style so this is just something that you're going to get into because you're into it basically you know what i completely agree with you it's not something you want to jump into right away uh chances are you're it's an it's not it's almost an acquired taste yeah i would almost say that with a lot of sakuraba's less i don't want to say generic sounding stuff but the the stuff that doesn't sound quite like hey this is a jrpg battle music theme hey this is an overworld theme like stuff like this <laughs> is very much sakuraba's stuff that i come to it's not quite 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 where you need to really be into his stuff to listen to like his some of his prog rock albums and stuff like that that he's done um outside of video games but it's stuff like this that you're like, this is like three quarters of the way there, and you've got to be on board that train to really get into this sort of stuff, I feel. Yeah, I agree, man. All right, well, let's go ahead, and we will move on to the next two tracks. First off is Strike Off the Enemy, and following that is another one of those weird translation things, but they effectively mean the same thing, so it's not that big a deal, but is Awakening Disaster on my end, and then the YouTube playlist has it as Awakening Calamity. So we will listen to those two and be right back.
that first track was Strike Off the Enemy, and this one is really just an excuse for Sakuraba to go nuts composing some rock. Uh, Toru Iwao does the electric guitar in this one and really just goes for it. Good, strong percussion going on here. This is another one of those that I don't have a whole lot to say, but it's just a cool piece to listen to that I thought, given your musical background, Dominic, you might appreciate a bit more to listen to. Oh, yeah. This is uh, this is exactly what I was waiting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally digging the lead, but honestly, I like the rhythm even more. Some really interesting and hooky stuff going on there. Couldn't help but notice how the drums have been mixed. I really like how you can hear the acoustic-y snare. The cymbals sound great and have been slightly panned to their appropriate sides. The bass never lets up either. Yeah, that's some good stuff, man. I really enjoy this track. When I was plowing through this playlist, or just the CD, basically, I was like... I didn't have a whole lot to say, and I was like, but Dominic's going to dig this one. i got to throw it in there. <laughs> you know, I wish I knew a little bit more about this stuff, but uh, that is some advanced guitar work right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I haven't looked into um, Iwao very much, or if at all, basically, but I, from what I've seen, like he's he does like all the electric guitar in the Baton Kaido soundtrack, so I'm wondering if he sort of just... Um, like Matoy Sakuraba's like kind of go-to guy for electric guitar because if he is, I mean, he picked a pretty good electric guitarist. That's for sure, for guitarist. Yeah, definitely, man. This guy is uh, this guy is insane. He's awesome. I'm yeah. really enjoying his style. Definitely gonna have to uh, check him out and uh, see who else he's worked with, what other games he's done, and maybe bring him back around too. I'm sure we're gonna see a lot more crossover with Sakuraba. I just got a just got a feeling based on the fact that you know some of the developers and of this game have worked on some of the tales games and stuff like that. So I'm sure there's going to be some crossover with the um, soundtracks, but I kind of want to see if he's done anything, you know, San Sakuraba basically. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go ahead and move on to awakening disaster slash awakening calamity. Uh, This is the stuff that I want to cover for no other reason than just how different it is. This track is named perfectly for the sounds it does. There's a feeling throughout of the instruments just being on the edge of, like, breaking, going out of key. They also sound like they're almost like ad-libbing at times, just making sounds to add to a creepy vibe that it's got. The percussion that sounds something like smacking the ground, like, threw me a couple times when I was listening to this in my living room. I had to make sure, like, my cats weren't knocking shit off the counters or the table to make sure, because the first, like, the first time I was listening to this, for this, I heard something smack down, or I heard that smack, and I was like, what the hell? I get up, I look around the kitchen table, I was like, what the hell? Something fall? And this was, like, at 2 a.m., so, you know, I'm kind of, like, on edge, like, okay, is somebody in the house? I mean, it would have been hard, because I was in the living room, and you can't really get in the house without at least making me aware that you had gotten in there, but it's just... Like I said, that sound just really hit me. I was like, ugh. And then I'm sitting there watching the cats not move while uh, while that sound is coming back. I'm like, okay, so it's not them. It's just in the CD. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> but anyway, I really dig the vibe of this one and just like how borderline uncomfortable it makes me feel listening to it. Yeah, you know, this track has some interesting parts to it. The vocals are somewhat unorthodox, but they do work wonders. They totally add a different touch, and I don't think we've heard anything quite like this yet. Mm-mm. Uh, I'm a little surprised with this track, man. Uh, wasn't expecting to hear anything like this. It's not my favorite, but I think it deserves a review at least. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is one of those that I just wanted to throw in there for just how weird it sounds. It almost feels like it would almost belong more in a like a Silent Hill game, If even though Silent oh. Hill soundtracks tend to be a little bit more industrial, but... A game of that ilk, basically, where you just kind of feel creepy and just odd. That whole thing of everything sounds like it's going to go off the rails at any moment when you're listening to this. Yeah, it really does set that uneasy mood. Yeah. Weird vibes. Yeah, for (laughs) sure, man. Like I said, this is one that I was just listening to it. It just, 
it creeped me out. And maybe that had something to do with the fact that, like I said, when I was listening to it, I kept thinking something got knocked over or somebody got in my house or something like that. I was just <laughs> like, man, I don't know. So maybe maybe this is just me putting more emotion into it than I am. But like I said, just listening to it, it literally feels like some of these instruments are about to go off key or something's about to break like at any <laughs> moment. It's just like just waiting for it. Like, oh, boy, this is tense as shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a different track. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to something a little bit more uh, stylistically Sakuraba, basically. Uh, first, we're going to listen to Braveway, and oh boy, okay, uh, here's another one where we're split again, and that is Acceptance and Refusal, and the YouTube playlist has it as, oh, I think this is Japanese, oh boy, hold on, uh, let's see, Kipakudan, I believe is how you would say it, maybe I'm mispronouncing that, I don't know, anyway, it'll, it'll I'll put it in the, uh, I'll put it in the track list for the uh, show notes when we listen to that, but... I think Kapakuden is what it's supposed to be, but I'm just going to go ahead and say acceptance and refusal because that is much less <laughs> difficult for me to uh, stumble over. So <laughs> anyway, first, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and listen to Braveway and acceptance and refusal and be right back.
right, first up there was Braveway, and I love, love, love the strings in this one. They at times give off this wonderful soaring feel. It's another one that just sounds so full. 33 seconds in, and this thing has completely won me over the way the strings sound. Sections like that are partially why I'm so into video game music. Nowhere else can you get something like Awakening Disaster, prog rock, and soaring orchestral sounds in the same work and just have them well work together. At about a minute and five, the bell tolls, and it brings in this almost drummer boy sounding percussion that fits in so well right there. I'm almost astounded that it works. It's not the first time it was actually in the track, but it's the first time I really noticed it. It being the underlying sound under that section couldn't have been better placed in my opinion. It's another one of those strong pieces of Sakuraba's work, showing off how good he can be when he gets an orchestra to work with. Because normally he does that prog rocky kind of sound, and a lot of the JRPG stuff is kind of sort of like this, but it's at times maybe a little bit more generic. But this is this is the stuff that like I adore Sakuraba's orchestral work for. Mm-hmm. It's definitely another powerful track. Adding the snare to the first 18 seconds before. 18 seconds before it disappeared was what caught my attention right away. I was expecting a track with some excellent percussion work, uh, but instead the track was filled with some excellent wind sections. The snare is just there to add a little more flavor and to fill space. Pretty good way to work a track. Uh, well done, Sakuraba. Well done. <laughs> this is definitely up there, like top five of everything we've listened to on this album. I love this thing. It just, it, I just love the vibe it gives off ultimately. Yeah, it's, it, it's a great track. It really is. It's really catchy, and like I said, I, I, this isn't one that I feel, maybe this is one that you can like point to and be like, hey, did you like this? Did you like this? And then start kind of <laughs> inching them towards the prog rocky, like bombastic Sakuraba stuff. This is one of those like doorway things. I feel like you can get away with like, this is sort of an opening salvo for trying to get somebody into Sakuraba stuff. Yeah, I agree, man. All right, and let's go ahead and move on to I Refuse to Save the Japanese version there. Uh, acceptance and refusal. I, I'm uh, not 100% sure that's the proper translation, but it's what I'm going with because I don't feel like stumbling over it again. Anyway, <laughs> this one. Man, I don't know what to say really. It's got a feeling of like heartbreak in it. At 40 seconds in, it quiets back down and really makes you feel uneasy. But 58 seconds in, it brings back a little bit of the bombast right until the end and really sets a whole different vibe for it. There's so much range of emotion going on in the minute and 25 seconds of this track that I love it when something like this can do that. Flipping a vibe of something and being succinct while doing it is something really cool and something I've really learned to appreciate in music. Well, first off, I want to say excellent intro. Uh, that really came out of nowhere. <laughs> and before you know it, it's gone. <laughs> it's like gazing at the sky on a warm, cloudy day. One second the sun is out and then it's gone and everything looks all gloomy. Yeah. It's a cool way to work a track. This is another one of those that is not a whole lot to say, also because it's very, very short. But this is another one of those that I just, I love the mood Sakuraba can set and how we can totally just shift something entirely in the course of just that minute and like 25 seconds that this track is. It's not astounding because it's, it's a, I feel it's like it's just a strength of a good composer to be able to do that, but oftentimes... I don't feel like I get that from some video game music and just his ability to do that in something like this and then have so many different emotions that he's evoking throughout the rest of the soundtrack is just just a testament to how good of a composer the man is. Yeah, like I said before, man, he's full variety. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting stuff. 
I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you're digging him because I would have been borderline heartbroken if he didn't like Sakuraba. I would have been like, oh, great, so I can't cover Sakuraba stuff anymore. Huh? Okay, well, this blows. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, fuck me. Great. Yeah, now, let me let me go ahead and toss out like 40 albums out of my uh, out of my potential playlist, and I guess we're done. So. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to Survival from the Force and the True Mirror, the guitar version. So we'll listen to those two and be right back.
Alright, that first track was Survival from the Force, and this one is just so full of crazy keyboard that it's got me hooked from the moment it starts. It doesn't even give you a second to acclimate to it, it just comes right out and smacks you in the face, take a shot, immediately. <laughs> About a minute in, there's a brief breakdown, and I think there's a xylophone that's been going on in the background that I finally noticed. A fucking xylophone?! <laughs> Yeah, something new. Oh, Jesus Christ. At about a minute and 43 in, and the keyboards start doing this crazy, like, sci-fi sound, and I just love that. A minute and 55 in, the percussion gets a bit more obvious for a little while. It's incredibly fast and just has me paying attention to it throughout the rest of the track to make sure I get a chance to appreciate just how goddamn good it is. Overall, I just love this one. It's so nutty sounding. If you had told me when I was a kid that it was would have been into something with like 900 different like keyboard variants in it with a drum that sounds like it's on speed with a goddamn xylophone mixed in i would have called you crazy but well here we are (laughs) (laughs) oh let the prog rock begin man (laughs) yeah for sure baby (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's nice to hear something a little faster than most of the windy tracks we've been covering this sounds like an, an epic battle track Uh, fast drums modern percussion fast while executed leads and a thumpy bass line. What more can you ask for? Seriously, this is some good stuff, man. Before ruining it anymore with uh, all the dumb crap I have to say, I'll just <laughs> shut up and uh, end it here. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one of those that I don't know what the hell. Like like I said, I, this is prog rock. I mean, just plain and simple. Listen to this shit. You're like, Jesus Christ, man. This is just, <laughs> holy God. It's just so much shit going on in this thing. I'm like, I like I said, if you had played this for me as a kid, and maybe just like half-heartedly me listening to it. I don't know that I would have been into it. But coming to this as a little bit more of an adult when I did, and having almost no experience with prog rock, but having a little bit more of a familiarity with Sakuraba's like prog rocky sound from the rest of the soundtrack, getting to this track really kind of set me up for, oh, I'm going to like this. Oh, oh, no, no, never mind. I'm going to love this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the track was, uh, it's extremely progressive and, that's the reason why I like it so much. It's just, it's always changing. Just great. I mean, I don't think I've ever liked a song with a xylophone in it, but <laughs> fucking A, man. <laughs> just like, what the hell, dude? A fucking xylophone? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a great way to put it to use, man. Uh, yeah, I never would have thought you could make a xylophone like actually sound kind of cool. But again, here we are. So anyway, speaking of cool, let's go ahead and move on to the second track in that Uh, segment that we listen to and that is the true mirror the guitar version this is just a really cool a little less prog rocky version of the true mirror the keyboards aren't quite as pronounced throughout this version instead we get toru iwao able to just go nuts on this one and i i swear it's like he heard the original version of the true mirror and was like hey sakuraba-san i want a version of this where i can just (laughs) pick some ass and play some guitar and have some fun with it you don't have to do much just kind of let me go for it and boy it feels like he went for it I love this version. I think it'd be hard-pressed to turn this composition to any type of music and not be a good time, but just these wailing guitars in this one, I'm just like, oh, man, I am I am digging this damn thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I've got to say, man, that intro was absolutely killer, and it just gets better and better. Of course, with an intro like that, you've got to have wicked leads to follow, and I'm totally in love with this guy's playing. His style of playing goes perfectly with the type of music, uh, with this type of music. That insane part at 127 to, to 132 completely caught me off guard. Has to be one of the best transitions I've ever heard. The lead guitar mixes in so well with every other instrument and doesn't take up too much space, so nothing else is buried in the sound. 
It's all so easy to hear, which is really why I'm digging this one so damn much. I really thought you'd appreciate this one. Like I said, I just heard you while I was guitar playing in this, and I remember liking this one a lot. Like even back in the day, like having the two versions of the True Mirror that are on this one, and then the orchestral version that's on um, the Origin soundtrack. This was one that I was always like, this is a little bit more listenable. I, you know, it's almost like you can play like the orchestrated version of the True Mirror, play the um, like the guitar version that we just listened to now. And then go over to the prog rock, like original version of it. And it's sort of like a good transition of like, hey, did you like this? Hey, listen to this version. Hey, did you like that? Listen to this version. <laughs> and it's like a good stepping stone, like just clear indication of the stuff that Sakuraba does. It's like orchestral, kind of just rock sound. And then prog rock as fuck, baby. <laughs> yep. Bringing the prog rock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a really cool one. I dig the hell out of this version. Me too, man. It's one of my favorite tracks for sure. And like I said, when we get to Origin someday, you're going to like the orchestral version of this one, too, I think. so. Yeah, it'd be great to listen to that. Yeah, so. oh, for sure. We'll we'll get to Origins. Don't you worry, man. That's, that's another one. <laughs> I don't want to say I think he outdid himself with that soundtrack compared to this one, but I don't know that I would have been into Origin soundtrack as much if I hadn't listened to this one first. That's why I wanted to do this one before we got to that one, because I didn't want to... I wanted to give you that same sort of like stepping stone that I had when I first listened to uh, Sakuraba's stuff and getting into his work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. All right. All right. <laughs> Speaking of hearing you, let's go ahead and uh, hear some other tracks here. Man, I am. I am king of segways, baby. Just put a helmet on me and make, make me a mall cop and I'm on a segway. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, uh, first up, we're going to listen to is Supreme Ruler of the Nine Heavens, and then following that is Violent Storm. So we'll listen to those two and be right back.
first track there was Supreme Ruler of the Nine Heavens. And again, this is another one of those really great, more orchestral-oriented pieces that I just love. It's so intense with the string section, just adding that layer of tension to it that only violins seem to be capable of. The brief recurring chanting that happens is a nice touch, if ultimately really not completely necessary. It's just sort of like a, like a cherry on top, basically, for me. This one hits hard with big sounds and bombast, totally a signature Sakuraba orchestral composition. It's one of those ones that I really have to be in the mood to listen to because it just so, so damn intense. It's, yeah, like I said, it's one of those ones I, I like it, but oh boy, if you are not ready for this track, you are not ready for this track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's undoubtedly uh, intense, and I like the fact that it has a pretty clear, catchy rhythm. Well, it's not exactly what I listen to on a daily basis, but it, I'm telling you, man, it makes your sex life so much more memorable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know I don't even want, you know I don't think I want the details, man. Let's let's. Uh... <laughs> hey, man, I'm just telling you how it is. Hey, don't uh, knock it till you try it. All right, all right, all right. I'll, I don't know if Jess will be up for it, but whatever. <laughs> you know, but the track is absolutely incredible. I love it, man. <laughs> this is a really cool one. Like I said, it's one of those ones that you just—it's hard to listen to on its own. But apparently, Dominic's got a way to work it in, so I might uh, might try that. <laughs> See if we can uh, slip it into like a little playlist, put it on. Like, hey, baby, let's try this, uh, and then uh, let this pop in, and just have her look at me like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Don't even say it; just let it play. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, 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 just let it happen, baby. Just let it happen. It's all good. <laughs> oh man! Don't argue with the smooth jams, baby. <laughs> Anyway, uh, speaking of smooth jams, let's go ahead and move on to Violent Storm. I closed out the last episode with this one because this is another one of my favorites from the soundtrack. When I think of Sakuraba prog rock, this is almost nearly what comes to my mind every single time. It's got a great introduction to get you hooked immediately. It almost sounds like a normal rock sound, but that damned organ really gives a different flavor right away. It not only got me really into it, but it's almost like it prepares you to listen to a bunch of the different other sounds that are going on throughout this thing. This is one that just has so much stuff going on. You really have to listen to it a few times for it to sink in and figure out what the hell you just listened to. At first, uh, for want of a better term, glance, pieces of it sound like it's almost cobbled together. Like Sakuraba couldn't quite figure out what he was wanting to do with it. But once you've listened to it once, another listen almost opens you up to everything going on. You start to see how well all the sections have like pretty clear intentions to them with some really great segues into the other parts. This is pretty close to the top of my list of favorite pieces in this soundtrack, but it's another one that if you're not into this stuff, it can be a little much. It's another one that I think you have to ease someone into. You can't just be like, hey, have you heard of Matoi Sakuraba? No, here, let me play some of this for you. <laughs> You've got to give that person something more like Soft Labyrinth or Flighty Spirits first to test the waters before you throw this shit at them. <laughs> well, there's nothing quite like the organ. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, hey, man, just telling you what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> man, this one is uh, this is one catchy-ass song. Seems to have a bit of everything, sweet leads, excellent rhythm, and perfect transitions, even a super juicy slow solo on the keys, which, uh, which was executed perfectly. This may be my favorite track, and if I don't mention a favorite track again before we end this, that means it is. Yeah, for me... I have a hard time like really pinning down exactly what my favorite way or favorite one is like brave way is one of them. Soft labyrinth is another one. Violent storm is way up there. The true mirror is up there. It's like I said, there's just so much good stuff in this album for me. I got a hard time picking, but this 
maybe it's one of those things that it could depend on the day of the week and what kind of mood I'm in. This one could be my favorite. It's just sort of one of those things that I'm just like, man, I don't know. I, I love this stuff. And this is one of those tracks that really got me into, I don't want to say like it was sort of my doorway in a prog rock, but that's sort of this whole album. And then this is one of those tracks that made me more <sighs> wanting to check out Sakuraba's stuff that he did. That's prog rock, just straight prog rock. Because I was like, if he does this stuff, I want to check out some of the other stuff that he's done. That sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, you know, it, maybe it was uh, just that perfect day to throw this, this track on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I'm liking it so much. I don't know. You know, if if I li- listen to you know these tracks over again and uh, and really dissected them for the second time, I uh, would probably pick something else. <laughs> I don't know. They're all really good, man. It is really hard to compare them. Yeah, there's just so much good stuff in this album. And initially, I was sort of thinking we could get away with maybe doing this in one part, and then I listened to it and sort of I was like, I, there's just too much I want to talk about, and I don't want to just bombard the listener with basically all of the same type of sounds like I wanted to interject some other stuff and it being split up into two discs just sort of made it feel like natural like hey we've got to put this into two episodes it just seems totally worth it mm-hmm. yeah definitely all right well let's go ahead and let's wrap this baby up we're going to listen to the last two tracks we're going to cover for this episode and the first one is we're going right back to where we've um, run into issues before, where I have a different translation of this than uh, the YouTube playlist does. So what I've got is Last Moment of the Wicked Way, and the YouTube playlist has has it as a last villainous quip. I kind of like Last Moment of the Wicked Way a little bit more. It seems a little less weird, I guess, in, to say. I don't know. Like, quip. Quip is not a word I normally really want to say, so maybe that's why it's just sort of one of those words of like, oh, that's an occasional word you might like throw out once in a while, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and the second part, of the second track we're going to listen to is Earth Advent. So we'll listen to those two and wrap up the show.
First up was Last Moment of the Wicked Way, and it is ominous from the get-go. The male voice in this just really sells the hell out of this one. The big horns add a layer of unease that the organ accentuates just perfectly. The bell tolling throughout is a wonderful touch, and it just completes the vibe of this one, being clearly a setup for a big moment in the game. I have an idea as to what happens when this is playing, but I don't want to say it out of fear of spoiling it for anyone that might want to come back to it, and also because I could be wrong since I've never made it this far, so I'm just sort of playing it by ear a little bit, like, this sort of sounds like this moment in the game that I know happens, but I don't know for sure. But either way, it's just a cool piece that does a great job of setting the mood for, you know, what I think is going on in the game, and what I'm pretty sure is. Yeah, very great job setting the mood, man. <laughs> Sort of reminds me of that time I ate way too many tacos at Taco Bell. Oh, jeez, man. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't really know it was going to happen with me, but I totally relate to the vocals. It sounds sort of like my stomach that day. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Well, back to the music. Uh, It's an interesting track. Back to you, Jason. (laughs) That was a a quick transition, man. (laughs) Like I said, this is one for me that... I, I really like the way it sounds, even if it is a little just like overpowering at times. Yeah, you know, it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's obviously an acquired taste. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, it just I guess honestly, the vocals are what threw me off the most. Really that, wasn't expecting to just hear that, that really the weird, deep, like the yeah. oh <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. But the composition uh. was great. It's just. Not my taste, man. Oh, I completely understand that. You know, um, actually, now that I'm like kind of thinking back, they almost sound like the um, uh, emulated vocals that they do on some of the uh, Final Fantasy III soundtrack during the like the opera scene, like the lower <laughs> tone stuff. Now that I'm thinking about it, it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm digging it is just because of like it takes me back to that soundtrack a little bit. That makes sense. But like I said, I'm just reminds me of that one day. <laughs> So, and that was a bad, bad, bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, you know what? Yeah, it, if that's what it takes you back to, I wouldn't expect you to like it because I don't think I would be too into it either. Yeah, I mean, if I was listening to a song while I'm sitting there, you know, like wondering if I'm going to survive this bout of uh, indigestion, we'll say, I don't know if I'd ever want to listen to that song again, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, the fiery squirts aren't fun to deal with. Man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on from that uh, interesting topic that we... <laughs> Thank God, probably the, for the first time we've covered in this podcast, to Earth Advent. Let's wrap this one up with some more cool orchestra stuff. It's just so full sounding. The big horn section just tears it up on this one. It's so, so prominent that I don't even think I noticed the string section at all until about 30 seconds in. And you know me, if I didn't notice the string section, that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. There's a couple of sections in here where it gives you a few moments of like a different tone, but ultimately this one is just a hell of a listen. Even in an album full of big sounds, this one just truly went the hell out of its way to wrap this album up, basically. Mm, totally, man. Uh, you know, I don't really have too much to say about this one. It just It's just a good listen. You know, Sakuraba's orchestral stuff is so damn powerful. Just wish I knew more about the instrumentation. I'd probably have so much more to say here if I did. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, you know what you know. I believe me, man. I, man, you know, I'm more into the orchestral stuff. I think than you are, and even I've got a hard time picking apart that stuff. Like, if I hear something very prominent, I will sit there and like, okay, what does this sound like? What is it like? I'll sit there and listen, or I'll go on YouTube and like listen for, at different instruments and try to parse out what it is. But I didn't really do it for this one just because there's so many like different sounds in this that I just couldn't 
piece together exactly specifically what I was looking for when I was listening to this thing. Yeah, I couldn't even name the instruments that are being used, you know. And what I really look for the most in music is, uh, I guess, panning, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. And orchestral music, everything has its own place, you know. There are certain scales you play on the flute, on string sections, or on a, you know, on horn and horned instruments. I just, you know, I wouldn't know where to begin. It's so freaking hard, especially when you don't understand it to begin with. You know, <laughs> I'm having a hard time even speaking about it. <laughs> so, and yeah. See, this is this is a thing where I wish I had gotten into um, like band or orchestra in school instead of choir because choir like I don't I don't really feel like I got much out of but like given my musical taste now I really really wish I had done that this way I would have had a little bit more of a vocabulary to like talk about this stuff with you know mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> so you said it uh, all right so let's go ahead and wrap this thing up all in all I like I said I love this album I think it is a wonderful introduction to Matoi Sakuraba if you haven't heard him before or if you've heard just again I'm not trying to say his tales of work is generic but that stuff is a little bit more we'll say generic comparatively to Batten Kaitos' sounds. There's so much unique stuff in this. It's got a bunch of different flavors. I mean, you know, the fact that it has sitar and xylophone thrown in and, you know, there's so much prog rock and orchestral <laughs> stuff and just like, and just like real heavy rock stuff with, um, you know, the, uh, the guitar version of the true mirror that it's like, I, like I said, I have a hard time not like recommending this as a good entrance point if you're wanting something that sounds similar but also has a different vibe to it in a lot of sections. And I, I want you to remind me, when did this game come out? It was in the early 2000s. Okay. I don't remember hmm. exactly when, but it was like early, mid-2000s. I, yeah. I mean, I could check real quick, but I don't want to be sitting there typing away nah, on a keyboard while we're doing it. But yeah, <laughs> I it's, check. <laughs> it's in that ballpark, so... But anyway, oh yeah, yeah, dude. I like I said, I really recommend it. I think you can get a copy of this thing on eBay for like twenty bucks. So, hmm. And you, you said you recommend playing it, huh? Yeah, like I said, it takes a little getting used to with the battle system. It, it's a little different, and we've talked about the vocals uh, as far as the uh, you know the voice acting goes and the way it sounds like a. That's right. Yeah, the recording <laughs> of a tin can through a tin can through a tin can through a tin can uh, yeah. telephone thing. But for the most part, beyond that, like the voice acting's just you know of its era. It sounds quality wise, it's about there. It's just the actual audio quality of it. It's a little too compressed for my taste, and I I sometimes have a hard time getting past that as a guy who, you know, produces and you know edits a bunch of podcasts. Vocal quality is hugely important, and even before that, like listening to that, I was it not grated on my nerves a little bit, but it was just a little bit of a bug where I was like, oh, come on, guys, really? You guys are a professional video game studio, and you can't make this sound better <laughs> than you recorded it like off of a, like daisy chaining a bunch of like computers doing <laughs> Skype through their speakers basically to each other to record the damn thing. It's like, come on. <laughs> damn. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for 20 bucks, like I said, the battle system is really cool. Um, there's a lot of cool elements in it that I think are worth it. But anyway, um, let's see. To wrap this thing up, if this soundtrack got you interested in hearing more of Sakuraba's prog rock stuff, you've got more than a few albums out there to check out. One of the first ones I picked up was Force of Light. It's a cool album with different types of music in it. It's really a prog rock album, but there's even some stuff that feels like it was ripped right out of a 70s sci-fi show. It sounds like the soundtrack for a game that never was, really. I'd say give it a whirl if you dig that and you want more prog rocky type stuff, go for After All. 
this is a pretty hardcore prog rock album that I think you can get to if Batten Kaidos got you to check out Force of Light and you want more. If you want something a little bit less prog rocky, check out Forest of Glass. It's an album of Sakuraba just kind of like tinkling away on a piano. It almost sounds like a first pass in some heavier prog rock or, or orchestral stuff, but it's more relaxing and you can listen to it sort of that way, just to a chill out album to listen to comparatively to the rest of his work. Hmm. I'll be one to check it out. I think they're all on YouTube too. Uh, if not, I've got them and I can always throw them in a Dropbox for you so we can check them. Oh, hey, cool. Kind of do that. So, But anyway, I think that wraps up everything I've got to say um, about the album. How about yourself, Dominic? I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> cool. All right, then let's wrap up this bad boy. So you can follow us on Twitter at Robico Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast. You can follow me at Jason Ariola, and you can follow Dominic at Dominic Shred. And, of course, you can always support us at Patreon, at patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. Over there, you can get a bonus episode. We have got two, a whole whopping two of those so far up <laughs> and out the door. But um, I think the last one was pretty cool. And the next one we've got planned is something that if you're a Falcom Sound Team person, you might want to check that out, too. So for $5 a month, you can get the our bonus episodes, a bonus segment where we started doing a quiz on multimedia failure, another podcast I do. Um, you can get all of our podcasts in higher quality audio. And you can also get a catch-all RSS feed for them, so if that helps a little bit with having to subscribe to, you know, maybe a few too many podcasts, um, that's always a that's always a big benefit over there. I also throw in a little bit of a teaser for each one now at the or like on the actual Roico RSS feed for the podcast for the bonus episode. So this way you get a little bit of a taste of what we're doing. But I think the where I cut it off on the last episode for the bonus thing is right where you're going to want to start here in the comparisons. Cause I think we threw the biggest, like what the hell really in that second segment there. <laughs> <laughs> so before I forget, I do want to thank our patrons that we have on Patreon uh, that support us at the $5 tier. That's another bonus you can get is a shout out at the $5 tier. So I want to thank as usual, John, Vanessa, and our newest patron, Alex messenger. Thanks guys for the support. You know, we appreciate it. Um, anyway, I think that wraps it up. So you can check us out in two weeks. We'll be right back. But backers, stay tuned next week. And we'll be back with uh, just a little bit of Falcom Sound Team stuff. So until then, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys then. Mm-hmm.